Hey y'all, I just wanted to jump in here and do a little introduction. I am not going to be doing this on every episode. I myself, <clears throat> as a podcast listener, hate um, listening to long introductions and shit, and I don't want to do that to my listeners. Um, so this might happen every once in a while, but I just wanted to put this in here because um, recently we are up and live and we are on every major podcast platform, and I would assume that most of you guys know that if you're listening to this right now. But for those of you who aren't, you're probably on YouTube. And so those of you who aren't on YouTube, you don't know that um, there's a video version of this podcast. And there's a link in the show notes of every episode to that video version. It isn't a video version of us specifically, but it is uh, just of the things we talk about will pop up on screen. Or if we're watching a video, the video will pop up. I'm thinking about eventually doing um, a recording of at least, uh, you know my end video recording of me but uh, i don't know yet if that's going to happen or not i'm not actually sure what i want it to be either way if you want to see any of the things we're talking about since i don't really link the stuff in the show notes you can go over to the youtube version and check out the video the reason i don't link stuff is like there's a lot of random topics and a lot of random pictures and it would be kind of redundant to post all that shit in the show notes and a lot of it's googleable for yourself anyways this podcast was a little bit short too so i don't feel that bad about putting a uh little introduction in here but uh yeah this was a very fun podcast coming up that i did with my buddy uh devin and so uh it's a little bit chaotic you know he's a he's a dad and his kids in the background the whole time and uh and he's he's you know doing being a good dad so it's better to sidetrack yourself from the podcast and focus on your fatherhood than uh focusing on the podcast over your child so props to him for that and i don't blame him at all for uh ever having to leave for that so hope you guys enjoy this one Thanks for listening. Welcome to You Are The Host, the podcast where you are the host. And by you, I mean my buddy Devin. Hey man, what's going on? Oh, nothing too much. Just uh, vibing with the little, the kid, the dog, some coffee, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got the same coffee. I usually don't do these earlier podcasts, so it's nice to have a coffee in my hand instead of, like, whatever the fuck I'm normally drinking. Right. Uh, it's uh, weird for me to do responsible things this early, other than drag my ass to work and be like, I'm here, what more do you want of me? So, uh, just a nice change up. Mm, dragging your ass to work. That's probably the most responsible thing. I feel like 90% of the country can't even get to work on time, so... Yeah, yeah, some days I'm part of the 90%, but the, uh, I show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, hey, that's the important part, so. Well, but anyway, man, uh, thanks for having me out here and uh, having me on, making me feel all important and shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, you act, I'm, I'm actually on your podcast right now, so. I mean, yeah, that, that's right, welcome to the shit show. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so anyway, I was kind of thinking, like, you know, what were you we talking about first, and like, uh, sort of setting boundaries and good problem solving might be kind of a, a fun place to start, like extort it, like explore that side of things because I've been dealing, like, obviously been around a lot of wooks lately um, on the festival scene and dealing with a lot of people's like different views on positivity and how to deal with issues and that type of thing. And uh, it's, it's it's been a lot of really interesting, like kind of 
mind games almost one can play with themselves to uh, make shit suck less. Um, I feel that on a personal level. Was. I feel that on a personal level for sure. Like I get that a lot yeah. in my own life. So yeah. Um, so like one thing that's always extremely bothered me about like the EDM scene, especially, but the whole festival jam band hippy dippy scene is like there's just always been this overarching thing that I refer to as toxic positivity. Um, yeah, yep. You know, where everything's got to be good all the time. Like, they, they just so many people in these scenes don't allow for like actual human emotion to be part of the positivity. Um, and so I've been kind of thinking about it. Like, one of my buddies, uh, he's in a really great band, check them out, family. Uh, but uh, he, he does this thing, it's, it's called the Ministry of Yes. Uh, and oh, I think uh, I've heard about somebody, this before, yeah. You've heard about the Ministry of Yes? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Or I'm something similar to it. Explain it to he, me he first. He does it at Harmony Park, and like it's a, it's a whole like basically pop up installation he does. So just pop into people's camps with a choir and stuff. I, I I'm bad at explaining it. I'm not going to try to explain it. It's something you should experience. Um, but basically, like, dude has definitely changed my outlook on positivity because there's a way to be like, yes, it's a, it's okay to be a sad, anxious weird human but also still be positive about it and like just giving like negative emotion and negative things going on in your life the agency that they deserve actually what i've noticed really is it's been kind of pushing me forward in a better direction to get through it because like anybody who knows me knows i'm generally kind of a fairly pissy person um and that's like learning that that's okay and what to actually be pissed about has been just nutty to me. Yeah, I, I could imagine. I could imagine like that. that people have to focus on. You can be upset, just maybe don't be upset all of the time. I think that's what you're learning there. Yeah. Well, even that, just like sometimes, it's just like it's okay to to angrily get through something, and it's just like, what are you angrily getting through? Um, and, you know, do you want to wake up in the morning and be, like, angry at yourself and your own emotions and trap yourself in bed? Or do you want to go out and get angry at an actual project and do something, like, constructive with that? Mm, um, yeah. and, you know, like, there, there is very much that whole yin-yang duality, like, there is positivity and negativity, blah, blah, blah. I'm probably rambling at this point on it, but it's just something I've been dwelling about and trying to, like, carry around my day-to-day -day thing. Um, I don't know about you and, like, where you've been at mentally, but... Uh, yeah, I've actually been in a similar camp. I just didn't think about it that way, but I have been, I suppose, thinking that way without thinking that way. Does that make any sense? <laughs> it does. It does. Um, I don't know, man. It's uh, like just just trying to like relearn how to how to human coming out of the pandemic has been absolutely nutty. Like, like you're saying, like got all these problems on our plates these days, but can't say they're necessarily bad problems to have. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like for me, I don't know, uh, I've also filled my time with so much shit that like, I feel like that kind of stops me from having any real negativity because I always have something going on. So I don't even have time to think about problems. Just kind of doing a bunch of shit, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, like that's, that's some, to start practicing a bit more is like because i do have all this shit going on like i gotta 
like stop viewing them as problems and like just start looking at more things as the challenges that they are instead of the like insurmountable speed bumps that my brain makes them out to be and like it's just a weird thing like we're we're coming out of a pandemic and walking into seasonal depression season and all of us are trying to be something like some kind of successful on our own right and I'm uh, I'm interested to see not only like what myself and like what you do going forward, but like all of our friends. Like we're surrounded by some obscenely talented people between me and you. And uh, oh yeah, for sure. They're going to see some nutty shit in uh, in either direction out of all of them, and then both excited and terrified. Um, I have a question. You were talking about you know, it's okay to be angry and then pushing through something angrily. You know, just solving taking out that anger on a project, for instance. Um. I've had this struggle a lot because personally I've struggled with some uh, like anxiety and stuff like that. And so I don't want to discount that because I, I believe that's, that's a total issue that, that can be uh, worked on and, and taken care of in a medical way. But like a lot of people use the excuse that they're too anxious or too uh, depressed to sort of push themselves even a little. I mean, would you have a response to that at all or, or, Anything to say? Recognize your anxiety, because I like not many people know this about me, but enough people do that I'm like okay talking about it. But I get panic attacks to the point where I get like physical symptoms from like my hands will go numb, my lips will go numb, like my body starts to feel like it's shutting down, and absolutely like I've gone to doctors for them. They're like, dude, honestly, physically, nothing's actually wrong with you. Ninety percent of this is in your head. Take some Ativan, calm the fuck down, and. uh you know, it's a thing, and I've just learned to weaponize my anxiety and change what I'm worrying about. Instead of worrying about the perceptions outside of, like, you know, of, like, what people are thinking about me. I'll help you out in just a second, buddy, okay? Um, instead of, like, worrying about, like, perceptions that would keep me in bed or, like, oh, my art sucks, so I'm not going to get up and do it. Or, oh, I'm not that good of a tech, so I'm not going to apply for a better job. Um, I've weaponized my anxiety and started worrying like, oh, I don't want to be stagnant, so I've got to apply for the better job. I don't want to lose my relevance in agency as an art, so I've got to make more art and just, uh, yeah, it's painful oh, at times. Don't that's get interesting. Wrong. So you like, you like flipped the roles on your anxiety. You're like, now I'm going to be anxious about not doing this thing. And you're still anxious. You're just anxious about an opposite thing. Is that kind of what you're saying? All the time. Like, dude, straight up, half of my performances are one-hour-long anxiety attacks on stage, and I don't know if they're good or not until people tell me. Oh, I definitely, uh, I definitely, uh, uh, what was I going to, I forgot how to speak for a second, but I, I, I relate to that for sure. Like, <laughs> whenever I go like, on a stage or in front of people, I, like, do okay, but it's also just uh, having a panic attack the entire time. <laughs> I would be lying to you right now if I told you I wasn't having a low-level panic attack and, like, you're a long-time friend of mine and there's nobody in the room except for the dogs and a three-year-old and, you know, whoever might listen to this, but those are faceless people on the internet, which, hi, faceless people on the internet, thanks for listening. Yeah, and actually, uh, it's kind of weird that you say that my first two podcasts, I was very nervous and was having a panic attack the entire time, and I've done six now, seven if you count, I had a deleted one that I had to get rid of. But, um, and I'm completely fine right now. So after a certain amount of time, I guess I just got used to doing this format. So 
kind of weird because I'm just sitting in my room. And at first, I was like, oh, yeah, people are going to be hearing this. I got to pay attention to the way I speak. But now I'm just like sitting in. Now I, I fixed my brain to tell me, yeah, you're just sitting in a room talking into a mic, talking to a buddy. And, uh, yeah. and actually, I've seen the statistics now because this podcast is fully live. And they're actually not bad. I thought they were going to be way worse than they are. So I should be freaking out a little more because I know somebody's at least listening to this. So. Right. Um, so I'm going to need to take just a second here because my son is indicating to me that he wants his ramen served jail cracker style. Awesome. Uh, so if I can get 45 seconds to break this up on paper plate form, I'll be right back. You can take as long as you need. I can edit shit. So. Spoiler alert. I didn't edit this part because I thought it was kind of funny, actually. Have fun. Okay, we off it. We don't sit up. We're alive, yes. We're having a good time, we're alive. Oh, you want them cooked? You never want them cooked. Okay, I lied. I guess you want some normal person style. Nice. Person style. Alright, oh. so I'm gonna cook them and then put them in the freezer. You don't want them cooked? You want them like this? Do you want the seasoning on them? Yeah. Oh, this is water for it, so I can eat it. All right, I'll cook them, and then I'll put them in the freezer and cool them off, okay? Eli, you're not having them like this, dude. Do you want them cooked or dry? Okay, I'll let you know when they're ready, all right? Excuse me, buddy. It's just water. Bye, Eli. Oh, it's been an interesting morning. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was going to say, if you ever need to step away at all, you just uh, let me know, and then I'll basically verbally say it's going to be an edit, and I'll just edit the section. So. Yeah, I mean, just... Uh... Like, dear people of the internet, this is just what dadding is like in the morning, I guess. We're having ramen for brunch. And nice, man. Dude, toddlers are weird. It's like, I can't control what he eats. He just tells me what he wants, and I'm over here like, as long as you're eating food, kid. Yeah. I myself have been on a ramen kick recently. I don't know why. Creamy chicken ramen, hands down, all day. Yeah, dude, that shit's Although, tasty. I will uh, will always, one of my fondest memories of your brother is the fucking introduction to Mama Noodles, and I always have those on tap now because of that guy, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, anyway, um, weaponizing your anxiety. Oh, oh we're going to talk about ramen for a second, a little more. Oh, okay. Uh, because no, of, because of backpacking, uh, I actually eat this dish now. It's called a ramen bomb. Have you heard about it? I have not. You make ramen and you make it a little bit more soupy than you normally would 
like you basically uh, probably like two times more water than you normally put in there i don't actually measure the shit but and then you put a bag of instant potatoes in there and you mix it all together and it's just ramen and potatoes together yeah so like kind of ramen hash brown type business uh i mean they're mashed potatoes so maybe the it's like Honestly, ma- mashed potatoes with noodles and chicken flavor it's like yeah no, just thinking. So, what you should try sometime? Um, Hungry Jack makes these really dank instant hash browns. Um, try and use a box of them down in there. That might be good. I'll see kind of like another gritty texture. How do you do instant hash browns? Because aren't hash browns the whole point? Like, they're like little slivers of potato. One second. <laughs> okay. He was quite hyped about his ramen. He's excited for his Robin bomb. Eli. Oh, yeah. I'm doing an interview, remember? I know it's hard to tell because there's not another person here. Hey, if you want to be loud, can you be loud in your toy room, please? Okay. Hello. Oh, yeah. All right. But anyway, uh, no, like, so they're supposed to be cooked in a pan. Um, but it's basically dehydrated potato slivers, and yeah. I was just over here thinking, like, that might give you a bit more of a, like, bite than, uh, say, you know, mashed potato flakes. Well, that's the trick about backpackers, is we have a solution to that. We just crush up chips, because they're crushed in our bag anyways, so we take our crushed up chips and pour it into the ramen bomb, and then it's got a little texture to it. It's, uh, that's also a jail hack and a festival hack, too. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> we all share similarities. <laughs> oh! It's almost as if, almost as if we've all been in similar situations. Yeah, pretty much. Got a charge. I mean, I would like to argue that some of us have done all three of those. I mean, I have. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a Venn diagram there, and many of us sit somewhere firmly in the middle. That's for sure. And if, if, if most of us haven't been to jail, we're like... On the border of going there all the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, 30 second attempt to drain the ramen and stick it in the freezer quick break. Okay. I mean, we can still hear you if you want to talk, but. Oh, well. I'll give us a little oh. entertainment while you're away because uh, why not? So, I don't know. I don't really talk to myself too much, but if I was going to talk to myself, what would I talk about? Uh, taking care of a kid. Quite a life. Quite a life. It's too hard to be interesting on your own. It's way too hard. Way too hard to talk to yourself and be interesting on your own. Dude. I mean. Tell me about it. Why do you think I have to DJ? Hey, Eli, I will get you. I will fill your other cup when I get you your ramen, okay? Technically, DJing is a... is a solo thing, right? I mean, for the most part. I mean, it is the most public form of masturbation. <laughs> yeah, well, I've never heard it put that way, but that's fantastic. <laughs> like, just over here, like, my music taste is better than yours, and people pay me to prove it. Hmm. All right, so since you are the host, I'm going to give you the option. We can go back into what you were saying about uh, attacking your anxiety, or I can go on a little rant about something. To you. I'll go on that rant because I feel like uh, I feel like we've gotten away from weaponizing one's anxiety. 
Well, it seems shitty to go into this topic after weaponizing uh, anxiety and something so serious like that, but um, that's how we roll on this podcast, so I'm going to talk a little bit about TikTok. Have you uh, spent any time on TikTok? I refuse to spend time on TikTok, and may I tell you why? Sure, you tell me why, and then after that, I'll go on my rant about it. So, I am a motherfucking nerd, as many people know. Um, Makes sense, considering I do computer music. Uh, but I read this lovely magazine called 2600 The Hacker Quarterly, been around for ages, and in it, I recently read an article where somebody actually managed to reverse engineer the code for TikTok. That's and literally what I think I'm going to be talking about. Hold on. You can finish. The Sorry. the of information that it gathers are, it's just absolutely asinine and freaky. Like, not even Big Daddy Zuckerberg is trying to catch your altitude while you're taking a shit and scrolling, but... The, Good people at TikTok definitely want to know how many feet you are above sea level, as well as your latitude and longitude while you're on the shitter scrolling those funny videos. And it's just a, a creepy amount of access that they have to your device, a creepy amount of data that they collect. Like, and this is this is coming from somebody who like forcibly has to have Facebook on their phone for marketing, and I won't even touch TikTok with a ten foot fucking pole. Okay, okay, that's fair enough, and I. Uh... I sort I I somewhat agree to that sentiment, but for me, I don't know. I do I use it for marketing too, and also I just I don't know if I care enough. I don't know. So yes, yeah. I still I still do use it. Um, what I'm going to talk about is the way that their algorithm works, though, actually, which is uh terrifying to say the least. Um. I do believe the article touched on that, but I was so yes. like freaked out about the types of location data and stuff that were talked about in that article that I think I glazed over it. That's what I was um, going to say. Is it does it does talk about that? So yeah, definitely. Like I, I want to know about this algorithm business. Algorithms in general, like really, really intriguing. Yeah. So basically, what happened is they uh, they were able to design a bot that could maintain an account on its own. And what they would do is they would program that bot to do a specific thing, and then it would do it on its own. And so it didn't take; it wasn't even hard for them to do either. Basically, um, they told the bot like, just like, uh, just like things that are like, uh, I don't even remember what they said. It was like, I heard this on another podcast too. So uh, just like things that have to do with like uh, people smoking weed or smoking or whatever. And then it actually went down this huge drug loop. So, like, it's really weird. So, anyways, I, I tested it out for myself because you can make uh, separate accounts on TikTok on your phone. So, I made three burner accounts. And basically what I did was I I just chose three topics that I wanted to go down. And how you do it is, like, you don't give any watch time to a video that you don't find, quote-unquote, interesting based off your parameters. And then you just like stuff and you'll go down a huge loop. So, like, for instance, I chose to find as many dancing women videos as I could. And so I liked the first, which is not hard to find one of those, by the way, on there. So the first dancing girl I found liked her video and watched the thing or let it play. And then from there, it started showing me more and more. And by the time I got to the end of this loop, it wasn't even that long. It was like 10 minutes, maybe. I have like almost fully nude women completely spreading their legs, flashing their ass on the camera. I was like, what the fuck is TikTok sending me down? <laughs> and then the next account that I did, um, I decided to do politics only. And what ended up happening is without even choosing a side, like 
right or left or whatever. Just from liking political videos, what ended up happening is it burnt it it, it windled down to just showing me only fucking women, blonde women who were Republicans, like wearing MAGA hats and shit. And I was like, what is happening? And then so I decided to do a injury one. So somebody who fell down. It was like a really innocent video. They just like fell over. I liked that and watched that video. And by the time I got to the end of that, maybe like a half hour later, I was literally watching like full on like not quite like it was like police videos of like people being shot at. And like (laughs) it was pretty fucked up. I don't know. TikTok is pretty wild like that and the fact that just you have to be 13 use that app and you can bury in like 10 minutes you can get into that shit is fucked up that's that's a dangerous thing yeah and it took me like 10 minutes of like and and i think that kids could accidentally fall into that hole like without even trying like i was trying but i feel like kids could actually accidentally go down that hole Dude, it's it's stuff like that that makes me want to just, like, drop all of my ego pretenses of wanting to have any type of social life anymore and take my family and abscond to the woods. Oh, yeah, man, that's what I... Man, I would love to do that. <laughs> like, let's go build a compound. Uh, okay. I just want to live by myself in the woods. <laughs> oh, no, I, like... Definitely, I, I I don't want a big house. I want a decent sized property with several purpose built buildings. That'd be dope. Yeah, like I'd like to fuck off to my studio that's like five hundred feet away from my house, or fuck off to my garage that's not part of my house, or fuck off to an actual workshop. Oh yeah. Instead of having one big ass house where all of my obscene loud hobbies and art projects would disturb the rest of the piece. It, right. Yeah, um, my girlfriend wants to uh, build a tiny home eventually, and dude, which, tiny which, houses are the shit. Yeah, in which I I like the idea. I'm actually getting more and more into it nowadays. But um, like the shit that basically what I told her is like, yeah, we can have a tiny house, but like we're gonna have a garage that's bigger than our house. Because <laughs> well, like, if you want a tiny house, then you've got to accept that there will be other buildings that are by and far larger than the house. Yeah, but it's just, it seems ridiculous to me that your garage, like, it'd be a garage studio, because I would need a place for all my, because, like, in a tiny home, there's no way I can fit, like, my, 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 basically what I have here is a studio set up, and then, and then fit, you know, fucking the cars and garage shit that I have, and it's like, that's, a, those are hobbies that I'm not getting rid of anytime soon, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I've, uh, I finally hit a point where I just had to negotiate with my partner and be like, babe, you gotta understand, like, I have to set this other room up for just 3D printing at this point. Uh, which I guess segues, uh, I'm gonna tease this cool little project that I have going. You're um, talking about started. 3D printing? Oh man, we had yeah, that on I an just, episode, so that's pretty interesting. I just ordered uh, the other machine that I need to safely handle uh, and cure resin prints, and one of my best friends and longtime like art collaborators uh, Taylor Rose, who's an amazing fucking visual yep, artist, yep. Rose designs. Um, he's doing a bunch of 3D models, and we're going to be releasing these little like toy figurine things um, together. So I'm going to be doing all the production for him. He's going to be doing all the designs, and I'm I'm really excited for that. Uh, but yeah, it's just finally hit a point where I've got so many fucking machines and then enough studio gear that the two need to live separate lives at this point. Ah, I see. 
Any, oh, anybody yeah, who hasn't anybody who hasn't yet, uh, go listen two episodes back. I had my brother on. He was talking about 3D printers, so he's starting to get into that stuff. Oh, no shit. Tell him, uh, my number ain't changed. Tell him to hit me up. Like, I've been uh, doing a lot of like rapid prototyping and art prints and that kind of stuff, so. He's making shit for Warhammer 40k, so. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that sounds exactly right up his alley. Awesome, man. So, uh, go tell me a little bit about that. How did you get into uh, to doing that? Was that uh, just like uh, Taylor talking about doing it, or did you get into it before I've that? I've been enamored with 3D printing since my dad first like showed it to me in like 2008 uh, when it was first starting. Oh, to that's really like, early on. Yeah. Like first starting to become a viable thing that people could do at home, and like I just always wanted to get into it. And actually, uh. It was on my my partner's anniversary. I conned her into going with me to a micro center and letting me drop like $400 on a 3D printing setup. And I made her her anniversary present that night. Um, So that was really cool. And just ever since then, I've been working with that. And I I did that run of fuck to buy. And that did well enough that I was able to buy a more professional machine and set up my LLC and so I've just been doing like art prints for friends you know helping people like take their stuff that's exists only in the digital realm and make it real uh looking to get into like desktop CNCing and stuff too uh here in the future but yeah oh, that's awesome I, I've always liked to build and make shit so it's just another way for me to build and make shit yeah that's really cool um I'm actually uh you brought up Taylor I'm actually having him uh eventually here we're we're trying to figure out the logistics of it, but I'm trying to get him to do some artwork on my dashboard in my car. So, yes, um, I have done a little bit of uh, dashboard paint prep. So if you, uh, we can all put our heads together. Cause, yeah, I was gonna I mean, ask, like, because I'm willing, I'm willing to pay, you know, him and for materials and stuff like that. So, like, I was gonna ask if you were able to get like the layout online to print the dashboard, like my dashboard, and. Uh, like 3d print it and then he could paint it and then we and then i could just replace it you know that would be what's called putting way too much work into a project that could be far simpler well i don't uh, know because like it's pretty small i don't know if you've seen the the frs's dashboard like the part that would be painted it's pretty small yeah what i would actually do is uh we we should wrap it in canvas and have him paint that mm, wait well how long how long would just, that stay for you think uh, the canvas indefinitely, dude. It's indefinite. Okay, I didn't know if that would be like, something that would be temporary. You'd be having like a painting, painting on your dashboard at that point. Uh, I would just recommend keeping like a keep a fucking one of those windshield sunblockers up when you're not in your car. Well, my my car's tinted the fuck out, so perfect. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what I would do then. Uh, like get the... a really good upholster to uh, wrap that dash in canvas and have him paint that. That's awesome, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll have to... I mean, we're still in the early stages, so I'll have to talk to him more about it, but yeah. Like, my whole car is Satan-themed, so, like, I want him to do some fucking... some type of devil work in there and shit. <laughs> well, you, you know I've been working with him for years. You know I trust him artistically fully. Like, he's one of the oh, only people... I love that guy's artwork. Um, what, one of these days, he was sued, I'm just gonna lay down and be like, do whatever the fuck you want on the back of my leg, and uh, let him do whatever the fuck he wants on the back of my leg. Yeah, I'm actually going to see if he can come on here and talk a little bit, because so, I love that guy's artwork. Yeah, definitely have him on here. I uh, can't recommend him enough as a person and an artist. 
Anyways, uh, going back to what we were talking about with 3D printing, you said you got into it about 2008. Um, and how deep in are you? Like, well, I mean, at this point, I have the two FDM machines. I've got a really nice Prusa, that basic ender. Um, and then I have I just picked up a resin printer uh, for that new project. And um, I'm not super, super deep at present. I was doing it very regularly uh, a few months ago. But then this crazy thing called music venues opened back up and all my spare time ran away. Almost forgot about those. Uh, yeah, yeah, we all did for a minute there. But um, as stuff's starting to taper off here into fall and with this project coming up, it's going uh, to be taking a lot more serious of a go at it. Um, I definitely got deep enough into it that I'm going to have to file taxes on it this year. Oh, nice. Uh, That's actually a good thing to hear, but also fucking taxes. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, on one hand, yay, but on the other hand, fuck. Um, so, like... There's all that. Like I'm just, I'm just gonna have to pay somebody at this point to do because I'm not smart enough for that. But yeah, it's uh, I, I'd like my my end game here is I would really like to become just like Stu Pickles and be able to like spend most of my time inventing and building stuff to make oh, a yes, living. That sounds fantastic. And hanging out with my family, you know. Like, yeah, that's, that's 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 the end game here. So I'm steadily shooting for Stu Pickles status. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um so yeah i mean clearly you're making money off of it so that's nice it's not even it's not even really just a hobby anymore it's like kind of a side hustle at that point i mean i definitely let it go dormant for a minute but yeah i was making money off of it and i'm going to be making money off of it again i very much take it seriously as a side hustle like filed an llc and everything right okay um and you talked about music venues opening back up so now i would like to ask about your music projects Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've just been doing a bunch of nutty stuff with uh, the Lazy Robot Project. Um, like I said, been playing, I, I think I've only played like one or two local shows since uh, things have opened back up. I was lucky enough to get out and play Shangri-La, uh, which is a festival that I've been told about since like high school. Um, and it was just like, I kind of felt validated as an artist after that one because I ran into a bunch of people from high school who were like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm playing on that big-ass stage. Nice. And uh, that, that was really cool. Like, I'm officially happy with my music career after that. Um, but I do also have the uh, greatest duo not on the internet, Crate Picasso, which is myself and my right-hand man, Jeremy Cargus. Uh, he plays his Darwin Theory. Uh, me and that guy go hard on stage was Crate Picasso, and so far we've racked up several festival bookings and should be heading out to Colorado again here in late October. To nice, that sounds awesome. Second Denver booking, and we don't even have a Facebook page. Uh, That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, most people do it the other way around, and we're just out here like, you either know or you don't. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Which is which is kind of cool in and of itself, and then uh, you know me and Paul have been kind of getting together too, uh, working on some riffage for the Father Stone project, which you obviously know about. Ah, yes. Um, and I'm really excited to do spooky music things as uh, the weather changes and we all get sad and angry again. I'm, you know, I've that, never I've never not been sad and angry, so. I mean, yeah, but there's a special <laughs> brand of sad and angry that comes out of Minnesota for the next like three months. So yeah, that's that's not how you eat ramen. Can you 
Could you not? I got to tell you what, I've been working on uh, lyrics for that project, and I am so far pretty happy with what I have, but I don't know. I have to get get word from you guys too, but I think it's yeah, going down a good path. I'm just excited overall. And like, it's just kind of, I, I'm excited to see what happens when the four of us who generally dabble in other medium primarily, like all the other members of it are, are electronic musicians too. Um, mostly like we're all deep dubstep and drum and bass guys. Uh, so that's, that's cool. And then you just are, got to give you props quick, but you're just an absolutely nutty writer and I love your work. Um, Thank so you. like, I'm extremely excited to be working with you. I've been hyping people up like, yeah. So I've got a bunch of DJs and a published novelist and poet. And we're going <laughs> to yeah. start a sound metal band. <laughs> right? <laughs> On paper, it sounds really cool, and it, like, I think in practice, it's going to be extremely beautiful shit that we're able to come up with. So I'm I lucky think... to be like, like I've been saying for the last month, I'm just obscenely lucky to be surrounded by the caliber of artists I've been surrounded by for the last few years here. Yeah, um, I feel the same really way. Fun. I have a lot of fucking know a lot of artists, a lot. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, it's a uh, it's a trip, that's for sure, and. Uh, you know, it's it's knowing people like you that, you know, are down to give just about anybody agency and that kind of thing, but, like, definitely keeps me going through the music scene and, like, keeps me, like, willing to put up with the rest of the headaches that come with doing what we do. Because, uh, this ain't a money-making game, and it's, it's not like it's, uh, unstressful driving hours and hours to play music and stuff, but I really wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, no, and you definitely, people think, like, you're going to get into a band and be famous and make money. That is not how it works. <laughs> you guys are getting paid? Okay, yeah, right? <laughs> Sometimes you get paid in, like, a free drink. <laughs> I've actually been very lucky this season to be out with a lot of people who understand and respect the, the scene and even though i've been very cognizant of the fact that i'm going to take elves uh, i've been really lucky i work with a lot of promoters who've at least done their goddamn best to make sure it's a minimal minimal l that i'm taking to go out and do my art so in that regard like i've been super lucky as well um i, I can't thank all the people that i've worked with enough like driftmore guys all the people uh, who brought me on to shang uh you know the nutty weekend we just threw at Vital Vibrations and all the artists I got to work with there. Like, been dwelling on that a lot lately, and it just, like I said, it's stressful, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Right, that's a good to hear for sure. So, And yeah, I've been stressing my fucking self out just because I have so many things that are all so different in what they are that it just, it's like a shell shock to go from one of my hobbies to the next one. And it's just a... It, Confuses my brain sometimes, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel you there. Like, uh, And sometimes it almost leaves me questioning if I'm like particularly good at any of that. Or yeah, I get that feeling too. But like, at the same time, I just know for a fact that I like just simply got to keep doing them or my brain won't shut up about them. <laughs> yep, I feel that for sure. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just... Okay, so being in... You know, it's like... Most artists hate their own art, and I don't know if it's like that type of feeling, but it's like, I never feel like anything that I make or do is good, and I'm just doing it. 
But then I get told by people, like, especially this podcast, for instance, I've had people listen to it now who know me and they're like, that's a good podcast. And I'm like, I thought it was shit. So <laughs> um, I've uh, I've come to realize two things about art and all artists and they hold universally true is uh, first off that all you need to make art is art supplies and pain. And that second off, uh, no piece of art is done until you absolutely hate it. And once it hits that point, then you should release it to the public. Yeah, yeah, that feels like that for sure. Like, especially my 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 two novels that I published, I I read I read through I read through them after they came out, and I was like, I don't know who the fuck is even enjoying this, but somebody, some people told me they did, so I have reviews on there that say it's good. So. Right. And uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like even looking at like the history of like a lot of music, most of the most famous tunes of all time are tunes that the artists who made them just cannot fucking stand. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of a fucking thing. Huh? Well, like I said, when you start to hate it is probably when it's done. Yeah, that's probably a good rule of thumb. Well, I think that's the issue with a lot of uh, the more mainstream pop and rap is that a lot of those artists... First of all, I don't even know if a lot of them make their own music. But then second of all, they all act like it's the best. They're all, like they do an interview and they think they're like the fucking the god of music and then I think that it like uh kind of degrades the value of their own art. <laughs> yeah, no, I've just barely come to terms with the fact that I might be qualified as a regional DJ instead of a local DJ, but even then I'm just like I suck book me or don't. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's also goes the same pay me or don't. <laughs> It's usually pay me when you book me, but yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I will say there's one thing like I've seen out of the scene overall, or like I said, maybe I'm just really lucky to work with people I'm working with is people really are trying to do better about compensating their artists for their art. Uh, it's not like the bar scene of like five years ago when it was like, yeah, you get a couple drink tickets, 20 bucks. Like there are still some shows like that, but even the shows that are like that, the people throwing them are doing everything else in their power to try and accommodate you, uh, which is a really nice thing and a really nice just change to see. Because uh, a lot of that also comes with the spaces themselves ending up being safer and people like from the fans to the artists being treated better overall. Like not everybody out there doing it has a ton of money to do it, but the people who are doing it on a shoestring budget are doing really well at doing it on a shoestring budget, and I'll give them that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, the fucking the starving artist. That's been a fucking saying for how long, you know? Right, and I mean, it, it both is and isn't true. If there's one thing I've found regularly on the road, it's food and like. Shout out to the yeah. homies that feed the homies, but honestly, food is probably the one thing you would find before any other type of payment. So, food and drinks. But I don't know. Now you're saying this, and it's making me feel that the world's actually becoming a better place because they're actually caring about artists and paying them. So, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't don't go saying that now, or they'll think that they're doing enough. Oh yeah, they can do anything more. You can't let them know that we're starting to become satiated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you know how capitalism works. Yep. Yeah, I almost forgot for a second. <laughs> capitalism. Dude, I, I have a I have a PlayStation. I went and bought a PS5, and I got rid of all my Xbox shit because on PC, all the Xbox games are on PC now. So I was like, I don't need an Xbox anymore. I'll just stick to PlayStation and PC. Um, 
so I got rid of my Xbox. But also in doing that, I had to get rid of Rock Band because that was all on Xbox. And uh, so now I'm like, fuck, I want to play Rock Band again. I'm, I, I've been missing it. I almost played that like every other day. So I went to go buy. I wanted a whole, you know, the whole band set, two guitars, drums, and the game. Yeah. And I went and bought all that the other day. Can you guess how much it cost me to get that whole setup? You're fitting. It was five seventy-five. Jesus, age Christmas. If you go, if you go buy a, a box, like a band in a box bundle, without piecing together all the instruments on your own, it's literally people are selling them for a thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! I remember, like, because I used to work in the retro video game industry. I, I like managed the the high score over in White Park for almost a year there. And uh, I remember, like, we were getting them, and, like, there were some instances where it's just, like, we don't even want this, but we'd put it all together and put it up for, like, 250 and people would buy it all day long, but, like... That is not the case. That is not the case anymore. Apparently, there's a shortage on that shit, and since I have a PS5, I also had to get PS3 or above instruments, and let me tell you, that shit is fucking ridiculous. Yo, uh, quick shouts out to my PS3 for being the ultimate trooper and still just slaying the Fallout whenever I need a quick release. Oh, guys, nice. <laughs> the OG, best twenty bucks I ever spent. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, uh, we were talking about music, so uh, as a person who primarily listens to like, probably I would say I listen to the heaviest death metal out there, which is like kind of a niche category because even people who listen to death metal don't listen to like the heaviest heaviest shit yeah no i will uh i I certify your music taste is fairly fucking brutal yeah and so like a lot of my inspiration for like the vocals i do and stuff comes from that so it's really weird to me because in the last whatever over covid the last year i've been kind of involved in a couple of projects like nothing too serious i feel like uh, the project that we have going on is going to be more serious than anything i've been involved with but like None of them have been strictly, like, death metal, which is what I've always tried to do. Um, so it's kind of this weird uh, this weird zone for me, you know, somebody coming from, like, death metal, and then next thing you know, these people want me to be in weird projects. Like, I was in one where it was, like, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but it was kind of, like, folk death metal, almost. And so, like, and then, like, when you hit me up, I was really confused. Of course, you said it's because I was, uh, you know, an author and a poet. But then I'm thinking, like, man, how do how do my vocals fit into that at all? I was like, and, I like this guy's words. Yeah, the words are fantastic, but how do how do I fit my voice into that at all? You know, because it's like kind of interesting in that way. Like I think, it's, I, like I was saying, I think the uh, one of the big moves for processing your vocals into the band is going to be use of like heavy effects and delays and like kind of trippy shit to, like, get more points across than, like, actual fucking brutalizing shit. But we will find a way. I I think there's space and agency for both of them in the project. Yeah, I think that's a great part about that project is that, like you said, the people are all kind of coming from different mediums. And, like, when you do that, you kind of get a an opinion from each person from a different perspective, and I think it could turn out to be something really cool. Yeah, and I mean, we are all into heavy shit, too, like... Yeah, yeah. Most of us, uh, most of us dubstep kids came from the punk and metal scenes anyway, so... Honestly, dubstep and, and metal are, like, parallels. I mean, American dubstep and metal, yes, but, like, true dub... Like, Ooh, okay, what's the difference? Because I'm not we, familiar we, in this category. We get kind of, like, deep, like, 
strictly 140 dubstep, a lot of like UK. Um, at least that's like what I like to listen to for dubstep. Uh, like, there's a fine dividing line where like, if it sounds vaguely like Excision or Skrillex or something like that, I would qualify that as what's known as bro step. Not inherently bad music, but tear out kind of metally influenced. Uh, and then there's like original dubstep, which is influenced by like the reggae dub scene and like you know reggae skank style beats, that type of thing. I'm bad. I'm bad at describing genres. I just know how to play them. Um, so I'm probably the worst person to pick their brain on this and the history of this. Uh, yeah, because there are people who know far far more about this than I do. I just know that I like the things that go whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when the bass bin makes my brain go. Bah. I don't know. That's weird. That's where we different. We're different a little bit in that way, I guess. Because like I'm one of those people. I don't know. Some people would hate me, and some people like me for it. But I'm one of those people that's like very. I don't know if you call me like a genre snob or not, but like I really get into learning all the different genres. So like metal, for instance, I know there's so many subcategories, and somehow I've categorized them in my own head, and I could tell a you just by of- listening what it is. <laughs> A lot of my drum and bass friends are exactly like that. Um, and uh, I, I, it's something that I envy about people. It's something I've never really been able to be good at doing. It's sort of the same reason I never got inherently good at playing like Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic because I didn't really know how to like memorize which cards did what. I just knew what worked. Um, so like, honestly, it's almost limiting to me as an artist sometimes, but it's also freeing. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, if you I don't channel yourself into one category, you can, yeah. yeah. And, but I also have friends who are like, yes, this is liquid drum and bass. This is, you know, jump up hero. Like the, the sub genres are plenty over in this camp too. And I'm fucking terrible at following them. Right. Yeah. So I think sub genres are fucking everywhere. It's like, yeah, I've just resorted to telling people that I play sound system music. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, anyway, brother. Um, you know this is this has been super dope, but I frankly am running out of shit to talk about and got to get my day on the road. Uh, so I, I don't know how you want to wrap things up, but I do want to before like we that. go. You say whatever you, you want to say. Yeah, I don't know if you want to touch on one last subject or what, but I definitely thank you for having me out on out on this. Yeah, it's a interesting experience for me, and it's been really fun. Uh, talked about a lot of cool cool shit in my opinion so yeah know, for sure back to it and as always it's awesome working with you on stuff and i miss you dearly we'll have to uh link in real life here soon but oh yeah again, man um for having me out i was gonna say when we get deeper into uh the project that we're doing together uh we should do another one of these and kind of talk a little bit about that and stuff so do like a full band podcast <laughs> yeah yeah that would be cool we could have everybody up in here yeah but anyway man much love to you uh, I know you have a real little thing to do so I'll let you do it but thank you internet if you listen this far to us rambling about stupid stuff yeah keep your hands up